in this morning and he's promising the nastiest funk that you've ever heard. It's what he said for Funky Friday, of course, and it's Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed. And it is Nasty Funky Friday, so it's going to be a lot of bass slapping with the big thump. Bow, bow, bow. Hey, listen, I, I always love doing this. This is what I was born to do. The funk? Well, yeah, <laughs> now that you mention it, sort of, kind of. Well, because, like, Joe Biden was raised Puerto Rican, I was raised black. Okay. All right? So, <laughs> you know, that's true. That's absolutely true. So, anyway, yeah. So, I, from the time I was six years old, and I sat down behind my stereo set at home. I made myself a microphone out of uh, aluminum foil. I, I tore off some of my mom's rentals, aluminum foil, and I made a microphone. Because they look like microphones, you know, when they look that color. And I made that, and I had two speakers. I had two turntables. And I would sit at home, and I would disc jockey when I was six years old. And uh, that's what I did. That's how, that's how I started to get ready for this. And I still do that. But anyway, I... Uh, I would go get up in the morning, and I would go uh, to work with my dad every morning, beginning at that time when I was around six or seven. So I, I would, I, you know, I watched the masters, all the masters, and and learn from them on how to do this. And um, so anyway, this is what I was born to do. In fact, when CBS bought us, you remember when Infinity had us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they thought we were in Mexico. They they had no idea what Texas was or San Antonio or anything. So there was rumors, and there always are rumors, but you know, back then they were really hot and heavy that they were going to sell us, and prospective buyers were going to change us to Spanish or something else. So I, I actually took two years and said, what would I do if radio wasn't in my life? You know, what would I do? Where, where I, could, I could go sell motorcycles. I could sell anything. Could I go sell motorcycles or something I'm really passionate about? It came down to this. What wakes? What would wake me up at midnight without an alarm? Because I don't have an alarm that goes off. I wake up at midnight. My feet hit the floor. I'm ready to rock and roll. What would wake me up at midnight without an alarm every night? And nothing. Nothing came to me. So not even a plate of enchiladas. Not even a plate of enchiladas. Not even. There's no. There's nothing in my life that I would do that would jolt me out of bed the way I jolt out of bed when I come in here. But I say all that to say this, fellas, that. Today being Friday, I'm ready to get it over with and let's go to house. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> I bet you are. Uh, more so than I can imagine. Have you had enough of this crapola getting up in the middle of the night? Well, you can't wait for Morgan to get back. Is that what you're saying? Well, a little bit of that and also Fridays are long days to begin with for me. Oh, and, that's uh, right. Well, plus you do all the administrative stuff as a <laughs> as a manager here, and the guy who analyzes the ratings and the digital content and all the other stuff, all the other hats that you yeah. wear. And so, yeah, yeah, I bet you are. Now, I know Elaine is because oh, she's yeah. working her her ass off <laughs> what? over here on what? the. Elaine's working her ass off over here on the Jimenez thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and pulling her hair out while she's you know arranging. Listen, <laughs> if it's not for Elaine Rodriguez. The Jimenez Radiothon doesn't happen. Yeah. We're going to make that perfectly clear right now. It does not happen so unless true. that girl jumps through the hoops that she jumps through. And I, I live with her and have for decades and look over here and one time of the year, and it always falls on her birthday. That's the thing. Your birthday is Sunday, so happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday. <clears throat> yeah, Don's is on Sunday, so Don is going to be 
35? 35 on Sunday. So happy birthday to you, Donna. That'll work. Nice. That'll work. You have a great yeah. uh, birthday on we Sunday. we got a lot of October babies because you just had one. I just, just uh, had one. a week ago. That's right. Or so. And, and uh, uh, she's got one on the 19th, which is next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. She's Sh- going to be 30. Doesn't Sean have a... 28th. Friday the 28th. That's what I thought. So okay. we, wow. we're full of it this month. Wow. And my anniversary is tomorrow. So tomorrow... Oh. Oh. Should I tell that story? Again? Yeah. Well... <laughs> Dennis, Dennis wasn't here. No, I did I tell here. it before? Have I told that? Well, yeah, my my marriage thing every, every year about this time. Well, you know, I'm going to wait till she wakes up. There you go. She wakes up yeah. at five. Which is what you do. Which oh. is what you do because she's always listening. Right, and then and, and maybe maybe you can play some funky Chardonnay mm-hmm. or something. Funky Chardonnay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, there is such a thing. <laughs> Had there to think no about that for a moment. So. I was walking around just a moment ago, and I thought. My body clock is so screwed up because I you I just saw, left here. I saw Dennis over there, yeah, and I'm thinking it's three o'clock in the afternoon because mm. both of us that that's our time period. Yeah, well, we let's have. let's let the listeners in on this. Dennis Dennis usually works in the afternoon, and Don works in the afternoon yeah. with with Jack. Uh, and but with Morgan being off, and then Jimmy took off, and so now both of you guys are here in the morning. Yeah, so partying it up yeah you need to come over on the afternoon side sometimes oh that's okay (laughs) (laughs) i I like uh which i do every once in a while when you know jack's off and i have to come in and do his show but i no, i'm i'm good getting out of here at nine o'clock and having my day you have fun at all no one works in the afternoon so that's what i understand (laughs) that's what i hear i do understand that so anyway, well, it's good to see both of you, and we're gonna we'll knock it out of the park today. We'll have a good show. We got a lot of stuff to get into this morning, and uh, yes, we got heavy news to get into, but we got some lighter side to stuff as well. So let's dive in here. Oh, the first thing I'll tell you, and I'll get into the weather forecast here in a minute. If you're tired of all the heat, uh, relief is coming on Monday, so we'll talk more about that coming up. Uh, Twelve police officers shot since last Thursday. Twelve police officers. This is across America, not San Antonio, but across America. Twelve police officers shot since last Thursday. So. So let me just give you the update here. 24 days, 18 hours, 48 minutes, and 27 seconds until the midterm elections, okay? Now, when I give you that countdown, I don't want you thinking that the the instant you elect Republicans to take over the House and hopefully the Senate, that stuff is going to be fixed and all the troubles of the world are going to be you know under control. That's not how this works. The destruction of the last two years is so prevalent and so enormous that it's going to take a while to fix this crap. I mean, it's just horrible what this administration, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, have done to the United States of America. They've been at war with the people of the United States, and I'm going to get further into this in the next segment. They have done extreme damage to the United States of America internally and externally. Uh, to the point where, you know, now we're at a cold war, if you will, with Saudi Arabia over something Joe Biden <clears throat> is repeating in his career, okay? And I'll explain all that coming back in the next segment, but it's costing you and me at the gas pump in an unbelievable way, and it's the fault of the Democrats who are in charge of this country right now. They're running this country, and they are attempting to destroy this country from within, and when I call when I call Joe Biden numbnuts, that has nothing to do with a you know certain anatomy. That's not that's not what I'm referring to. A numbnut is somebody who continues to screw everything up that they touch, and he is numbnuts president because everything he touches he is screwing up. But they're doing it on purpose. They have a plan, 
and that is to destroy this country from within. They're at war with the American people. So in the past two years since he's been president, he has done uh, an incredible amount, and they have, you know, they've been working at this as a team. Uh, they have done an incredible amount of damage to this country. So when we say, you know, in 24 days there's going to be a midterm election, I don't want you waking up on November 9th thinking, ah, everything is fixed, because that's not how this works. It's going to take time to, number one, hold him in check, and number two, reverse some of the stuff that they've done. But it's also going to take time to get to 24 and get a DeSantis or Trump, possibly, somebody like that back in in, in the presidency so this stuff can be healed, okay? <clears throat> and we're going to talk about Trump here in a little while because the January 6th committee <laughs> has issued a subpoena, which is hilarious. It's so funny. And we'll talk about that coming up as well. And as always, the phones are up at 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. The 15th Annual Raul Jimenez Thanksgiving Dinner Radiothon, Friday, October 21st in the Alamo Lounge. Presented by Mammoth Roofing and Solar, Manrique Custom Vision, and River City Oral Surgery. Celebrating 100 years of service. 55 KTSA. Tight, Tight. Tight. the Jungle Boogie Blues, baby. Mm. Welcome to Funky Friday, y'all. So, uh... Don't blow it all here at the beginning, Cooper. You're going to need some more. I'm here till 9, okay? you got to do this for the next four, three hours and 42 minutes, whatever it is. So don't don't get rid of it all now, buddy. you got to save some for later. Uh, there's plenty of funk to be had. <laughs> I like that. All right, so the January 6th committee is now subpoenaing Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, this is so funny. It's funny, funny, funny. Well... Of course, they had their uh, hearing yesterday uh, at a time when, of course, the new inflation numbers are going to come out, and they were horrible, right? So we're going to talk about the inflation numbers in just a second. Joe Biden, look at him. He's just a standing mannequin. That's all he is. He's a, he's a standing corpse. And he's got these he's beautiful, wherever he is, is just this terrible, like, uh, concrete pallets and stuff behind him. He can barely stand up anymore. He has no idea where he is. He's talking about inflation. He's lying about inflation. But I, I, I'll get into that in a second. I, I just want to mention the the January sixth thing because everybody's like, "Oh no, they're they're bringing in Trump. They're going to make Trump testify. Boy, they're going to get him now." Um, first of all, this is all midterm politics, right? A couple of things about this: the Democrats have decided they can't run on the economy because the economy is in terrible shape. Everybody, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, we're all buying gasoline. We're all buying groceries. And we've all seen what's going on with the gas and groceries, haven't we? So they can't run on that. They can't run on the border because the border doesn't exist anymore. And criminals and gangbangers and terrorists 
and regular Joe and James are coming across the border, flooding into the United States, and many are bringing fentanyl made by the cartels that's killing 300 Americans a day. So Democrats can't run on that. They have nothing. There's nothing that the Democrats can run on. Crime? How about crime in the major cities? I just told you, since last Thursday, 12 police officers shot in this country. They can't run on crime. So here's what they've decided they're going to run on for the midterms. Donald Trump. Donald Trump sucks, man. He's awful. And abortion. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. And so this is all a political ploy in order to say this to their base. Re-elect Democrats and we're going to finish the job and get Donald Trump. They're not going to do any such thing. They do not want Donald Trump to testify. <laughs> That's the last thing these people want. Liz Cheney and all them others up there that sit on that panel that is a kangaroo court invented and made up and 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 the entire thing orchestrated by a former Disney dreamer uh, put this thing together for television to slander Donald Trump before the midterms. They don't want to have him there answering their questions. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he would hand their rear ends to every single one of them. And uh, they don't want that. So this is all just kabuki, man. It's kabuki theater, firing up the base. We're going to get Donald Trump. We're going to have him up here testifying. Well, one of the things Donald Trump said uh, yesterday was, yeah, bring it on. I'd love to sit down in front of them and answer questions. You bet. Because they have yet to uh, have somebody who has answered questions from somebody that's a legitimate opposing side on that panel. Because there are no legitimate opposing sides on that panel. It's all Democrat panel that's out for one thing and one thing only. It's to hang Donald Trump. That's it. So he says, oh, I'd love to go talk how corrupt the election was and how corrupt the committee is and how House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and this is significant, how House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did not call up the National Guard that Donald Trump strongly recommended for her to do so three days before what happened at the at the Capitol. January 3rd, 2021, he called Pelosi. He called Marion Bowser, who was the, the mayor of Washington, D.C. He called the Capitol Police, and he said, I've got ten to 20,000 National Guard people I will put at the Capitol at your word. Pelosi said no. Capitol Police said no. Bowser said no. This was all prior to, this was three days before January 6th. They all said no. They're the ones that wanted January 6th to happen so they could do this. It was all, and look, what we're finding out now about the FBI being weaponized against Donald Trump in 2017 2016, 2017, what we're finding out now about the FBI being weaponized against him, what we're finding out now about the FBI being weaponized against pro-lifers and arresting pro-lifers, about the FBI being weaponized against moms and dads in Virginia who went to the school board meeting, I have no doubt in my mind, okay, that they were there at, at just like Trump or, uh, uh, Tucker has laid out, they were there 
January 6th, and they had a part in, in helping with this. I don't, I don't have a doubt in my mind. Uh, that's just my opinion, but I have no doubt in my mind. Tucker has laid out all the evidence for that. So they wanted this. They wanted January 6th to happen. And so much so that Nancy Pelosi had her daughter. Do you, do we have this sound? Had her daughter downstairs, Alexandra, and uh, while Nancy was huddled and hiding from everybody outside, uh, drinking a nice straight shot of vodka and smoking a viceroy. I hope Trump gets down here because I'm gonna punch him. What? I'm gonna punch him out if he gets down here. She's insane. She's totally insane. So anyway, it's all a bunch of crap. It's Kabuki Theater. He's not. They don't want him to come testify. What they're going to do is delay, delay, delay until the midterms. Then they're going to be out of power, and that committee is going to go away. But we won't. We won't forget, and we won't forget that it's time to impeach uh, right now. Is and they're not going to do it because the Democrats control Congress. But it's time to impeach Joe Biden right now. Uh, because he did exactly what they accused and impeached Donald Trump uh, for doing that he did not do. Okay, but but Joe Biden has done it, and he's doing it with the Saudis. And I'll explain when I come back. Trey Ware, KTSa. Hi, Funky Friday. Jump back on, kiss myself. Yeah. You don't know. Well, we called it back in the day the famous flames, but there was one standout in the flames. His name is James Brown. Yeah, that's him right there. Godfather of Soap. Yeah. 537 at KTSA. See, I know myself, right? So it's uh, it's Funky Friday. It's Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed Trey Ware here. Right over there is Don Cooper. Right over there is Dennis Foley. And there's Elaine Rodriguez. And uh, I got to get into this saying about Joe Biden. <clears throat> uh, if if Washington operated equally and 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 spread around the pain, then uh, Joe Biden would be uh, impeached today. You remember when Adam Schiff, no, maybe you don't. Let me just give you what Adam Schiff said back when he was impeaching. Remember when he and Jerry Nads were impeaching uh, Donald Trump? Adam Schiff said um, in his opening argument, the framers of the Constitution worried then, as we worried today, that a leader would come to power not to carry out the will of the people that he is elected to represent, but to pursue his own interests. They feared that a president could subvert our democracy by abusing the awesome power of his office for his own personal or political gain. And they impeached Donald Trump. They impeached Donald Trump for why? Because Donald Trump had the goods on the corruption in Ukraine with the Bidens. If you remember, Joe Biden went to Ukraine when he was vice president and told them, you call off the investigation into Hunter, or you don't get the billion dollars that the Obama administration is about to send you. Well, they called off the the investigation. And Joe Biden, you can look it up on YouTube and watch it for yourself. He bragged about that. He sat in front of people and said, this is what I did. And he said, quote, son of a bitch. They called off the, the, the investigation, end quote. Bragging about it. So Donald Trump, when he's talking to Zelensky, he said, hey, listen, we pretty well know that the Bidens are corrupt in Ukraine. And that's, that's, that's just a fact. 
They hired, you know, Hunter and paid him $87,000 a month, $1 million at Barisma, which he knew nothing about oil and gas as a consultant in the oil and gas business. Of course it was corrupt. Of course it is. Ukraine has been a hotbed of corruption for centuries. That's why it's been one of those countries that they fight over. We have poured unimaginable amount of money into Ukraine over the decades, and we're doing it right now. Billions upon billions upon billions with no accounting, no oversight. Who knows where that money is going? Might be going to Hunter. I don't know. With with the big guy, Joe, getting you know his 10% cut. I don't know. I have no idea. But neither does anybody else because there's no oversight. There's no accounting. They just keep writing checks and sending them to Zelensky. And every time he receives a check, Zelensky, the twerp in the T-shirt, yes, I called him that because he's turning into a twerp. He's getting a little cocky is now saying, hey, we need another $45 billion, another $45 billion, another $45, $45, $45. He's sounding like an auctioneer. Make that $46 million, $46, $47, $47. I got $47,000, So they impeached Donald Trump, and they said it was because with that phone call, Donald Trump was trying to use that investigation for his reelection campaign and for his own uh, political purposes. Now, fast forward to today. Joe Biden cut off basically all future oil exploration in the United States, which drove the prices of oil and for you and me at the pump and our groceries and everything else through the roof. And he did that on purpose. Because he is beholden to China, which is all about the green energy, you know, the solar panels they build and the windmills they build and everything else in China. So he's beholden to China, again, because of family corruption. So he is owned by them. He's compromised by China. But he's also beholden to the far-left extreme green new steel. So got to cut off all oil production in the United States, and he effectively did that on day one. So we are reliant on oil from foreign entities primarily OPEC plus which includes all of those Middle Eastern countries over there in Russia so Joe Biden gets on an airplane we, we're not making any we're not digging for oil here he's he gets on Air Force One back in August first of all he starts to call them back in March and he's calling the Saudi prince and the king over there and and they won't take his phone call <laughs> we're not going to talk to this guy now this is a guy who, in addition to driving 18-wheelers and his son dying in Iraq, right, this is the same guy that calls himself, and during the 2019 election, he said he is an incredible negotiator on the international front. I spent 50 years in politics, and I know how to negotiate with foreign leaders, he said. So they don't take his call. They don't want to talk to him. Meanwhile, the price of oil is going up and up and up and up and up, and at the pump it's going up, and everything else is tied to the price of oil, so everything else is going up. So Joe gets on an airplane in August and flies over there. Remember the fist bump with Ben Salmon? And he goes in there and says to them, I know you're going to cut production, which will drive up the price at the pump again, but what I need you to do is hold off until after the midterms, November 8th. A la Barack Obama, when he was running for his second term, 
caught on a hot mic in 2012 telling Russian President Dmitry Medvedev that just be patient, tell Vlad to be patient, and when I'm reelected, that I'm going to have more flexibility. So Obama had one set of policy for the Russians and another for you and me. Joe Biden has the same thing. Joe Biden goes to the Saudis and says, yes, you can cut production. That'll be fine. And the prices can go up. And that'll be fine. But wait until after the midterms, November 8th. Now, we know that's true because this week, Joe Biden has been talking about sanctioning the Saudis, which is extortion to me, in my view, because he's telling the Saudis we're going to cut off, we're probably going to cut off uh, arms sales to you and all this other stuff because you're cutting production prior to November 8th for his own political purposes to try to get the Democrats reelected November 8th he wants to bring down the price at the pump, and then after November 8th, he doesn't care if the prices go sky high, $10, $12, $15 a gallon. He doesn't care. But prior to November 8th, we ought to hold them low. And the Saudis said, nope, we're not playing your game. And so he says, well, now I'm going to go after you, just like he told the people in Ukraine, if you investigate my son, you're not getting money. He's telling the Saudis, if you raise the price of oil, you're not getting our planes, you're not getting any diplomatic ties, and all this other crapola. So the Saudis yesterday, they put out a statement laying it all out, saying Joe came over here, and he begged us to hold off on any production cuts until after the midterms. So it's all been proven. It's all it's all a proven thing that that's exactly what he did. Now, when Donald Trump asked for the investigation, which got him impeached, he was doing that based on information he had that the Bidens were corrupt in Ukraine, and the Bidens were corrupt in Ukraine and are corrupt in Ukraine. But they impeached him anyway. Now we know that Joe Biden did worse with the Saudis. I just laid it all out for you. So where's the impeachment? Well, because the Democrats run the House and the Senate, there won't be any impeachment. But that's why November 8th matters. He needs to be impeached and removed from office. For, as Adam Schiff said it, at the opening of my comments here, the framers of our Constitution worried then and was we worried today that a leader could come to power not to carry out the will of the people that he was elected to represent, but to pursue his own interests. They feared that a president could subvert our democracy by abusing the awesome power of his office for his own personal or political gain. That's exactly what Joe Biden is doing right now. Abusing the awesome power of his office for his own political gain. Threatening the Saudis, which they told us clearly yesterday in their statement that he did. Threatening the Saudis. That if you don't lower the price of gasoline, you're not going to get anything else from us. Until after the midterms. After the midterms, I really don't care what you do. After the midterms, I don't care how high it goes. But before the midterms, you hold it down so that Democrats get reelected. That's corruption at the highest level. And that's the game that Joe Biden is playing. Here is the final point to all this, and we'll take a break. You don't have to be paying 3 to $4 a gallon at the pump. You don't. You don't have to be paying the high price of the groceries and the food and the clothes and everything else that you're wearing or doing. You don't. 
OPEC and the Saudis are not our friends. They're not. They are our oil enemies. That's why OPEC was invented in the 1970s to crash and go after our oil system in the United States. They're not our friends. We should not depend on them or anybody else. In 2018, our domestic energy industry was robust, so robust that we were a net petroleum exporter for the first time since 1949. Prices on everything were lower across the board. The opposite of inflation rates at 40 years high, our inflation was 1.4%. Our policies under Donald Trump on that day made the OPEC nations economically weaker. Before the COVID pandemic, Saudi Arabia's economy was shrinking, crashing. Oil prices stabilized at $64 a barrel. Today, the kingdom rejoices, sitting in billions of surplus petrodollars. And Biden's domestic energy policy has hurt Americans while making us weak across the board and strengthening our enemies. Elections have consequences. When November 8th happens, we need a strong representation of Republicans in the House and the Senate so this man can be impeached and sent back to Delaware where he belongs. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Do what you want to do. do. I really don't care because it's your thing. No, you just do it. That's up to you. Constitutional Republic and all that. Freedom, liberty, it's your thing. You do it. But just don't mess with my thing. <laughs> you do your thing, but leave my thing alone. That's the way it's supposed to be. All right, Dennis. Let's talk about the NFL. You know my my feeling about anything that woke touches just goes to hell in a handbasket. And I think any uh, since woke touched the NFL, it's gone to hell in a handbasket. But th- let's talk about specifics here. That there's a report out there the NFL owners want to boot. Dan Snyder from the Commanders, yes. right? The former Redskins, and that's been going around for you know a couple of years now. And if they have their meeting and they vote, twenty-four of them got a vote, thirty-two total. Mm-hmm. The twenty-four got a vote to to boot him and get somebody else in as a as owner over there. So you and I were talking yesterday that uh, Snyder says now he's got some dirt on Goodell and other NFL owners. Apparently, yeah. Well, yeah. Do we know what the dirt may be? No. Compromising uh, pictures, maybe? It could be anything. Could I mean, be. It could be, you know, a personal relationship stuff. Could be financial stuff. I mean, huh. it's, it's dirt. And, and and the other thing, too, is that we may not know that if he actually has dirt or yeah. if he thinks he has dirt. Yeah, that's right. Well, first of all, I, I don't know I don't know Dan Snyder and I have no idea. I don't, I don't ever follow this guy or anything about him. So I don't know if he needs to go or stay. I don't really have an opinion about any of that. Uh, I know Goodell's been a train wreck. I I don't like what he's done to the to the league at all. You know, I I go back to many many years ago in the in the previous commissioners that, you know, Pete Rozelle, those guys. I thought I thought those guys did a pretty good job. So, okay. So we don't know. We don't know where all this is going to go. And quite frankly, I'm sure most of our listeners could really care less because it's Washington. I know you care because that's where you're from, but most of our guys are like, so it's Washington, Dallas, Dallas, Washington. I don't really care. And what was interesting, this is all uh, stemming from an ESPN investigation that, you know, kind of pulled all these people and information. And what was interesting about it was more what the other owners are thinking and and doing where yeah. you know generally most of the NFL owners you know they'd like to see Snyder go right um but really what would 
make it the easiest for them to get him to go is their football stadium. And, and even that, the owners are seeing even Dan Snyder can't even get a stadium built. There you go. Let alone. There you go. That tells you problems. all you need to know. Yeah. So one more thing, though, that came out of the game last night. They played the Bears last night, right? Da Bears. And so I saw this bit where Carson Wentz, their quarterback for the Commanders, Redskins, uh, went to throw a block on a uh, on a defender, a linebacker, number 58 for the Bears, right? And you run along, and he waylays into that. Now, look, the linebacker, and I don't know his name, the linebacker backs off because he sees that he's a quarterback. But his quarterback about to throw a block on him, so he kind of like slows down because he knows after the past two Sundays, if he hits number 11, although number 11 is not in the quarterback, he's being a blocker now, right? He's blocking for a receiver that he knows if he hits number 11 that he's going to get fined because the last two games that we have seen these unnecessary, stupid, put the dress back on calls or take the dress off calls, right? So uh, so he he backs off, and Wentz waylays him. Sorry, can't do that. This is where they get into the whole gray area of protecting a quarterback. So if, if, if we're going to protect quarterbacks, then we're going to protect quarterbacks, and we can't have quarterbacks then becoming an offender and knocking a – and he did. He waylaid into that linebacker, and the linebacker's backing off, man, and he knocks the fire out of him. If they're going to throw those kind of penalties on defenders when it's clearly not roughing the passer, they should have flagged Wentz on that play last night. Now, I don't think any of it should be you know, flagged. But if you're going to do it fairly across the board, they should have flagged him for that last night because that was a flagrant against him. Roughing by the passer. Roughing by the passer. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Break for the news. Back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Air. It's always smart to know what's going on. Now on FM 1071. Of course I take responsibility. I'm president. Yeah. Sure you do. You don't even know what day of the week it is. But it is Funky Friday. Are you ready? You want a little funk in your Friday? We got it for you. Master Slammer Jammer DJ Don Cooper. <laughs> I just gave you a great name, Master Slammer Jammer. There's Don Cooper over there. There's Elaine Rodriguez. She's working, by the way, Dennis, on the great event we got coming up on mm-hmm. week from today, the Jimenez Radiothon. I think it's the 15th annual that we've done this, I think. And uh, I got to tell you about Jonathan Gerwitz because I call him the smartest man in Texas, right? And he is. He's the smartest man in Texas. And I'll tell you how much this guy loves being involved in the Radiothon and how important it is for him to be involved. Today is one week before the Radiothon. He came in today for it. He's going to wait here all week. Katie, he's going to be here. That's that's who he works with. He's going to be here all week waiting for the radio that's how excited he is about the radio awesome <laughs> a week ahead of time seven seven full days good job jonathan good day. glad to have you here ready for the radio thought that's awesome <laughs> i'm excited too yeah we got we we're gonna have some surprises one week from today and people are gonna love them and i'm not telling anybody what's gonna be going on but we're gonna have some surprises and a whole lot of fun so uh open up your checkbook and help out folks who need uh, a meal on thanksgiving day that's what it's all about now i promise to tell you guys this story because tomorrow is uh, nancy and my wedding anniversary and you guys wanted me to do it and i said I'll, i need to wait till she wakes up tell this story so we were both kids uh, i was 20 she was 18 but 
we had seen each other in school, known each other in school, and um, started to date a little bit after school. And I was working here. And so I called her up one day, and I said, hey, what you doing Friday? And she said, hanging out. And I said, well, come, let's go to the park. So we went over to uh, Brackenridge Park next to the creek, the river. <laughs> that place where we're sitting is actually a creek. And we were sitting on a, on a park bench. And I said to her, uh, and it was Friday, I said, uh, what are you, you going to do with the rest of your life? And she said, I'm not really sure. I'm, you know, I'm going to school, and I don't know, you know which directions that's going to take me and all that. I'm not really sure. But I hate you because you got your whole life figured out. <laughs> now i got a ring in my pocket. And I go, ah, what am I supposed to do with this now? And I pulled the ring, and I said, well, then, since you don't know what you want to do, why don't you just spend it with me? So uh, let's see. That was, uh, oh, I don't want to leave this part out. So she goes home and tells her mom, Trey just asked me to marry him. We just got engaged. And her mom said, honey, it's April 1st. <laughs> it's April Fool's Day, which it was. And I didn't think about that. I didn't run that through my head, but it was. It was April 1st. It was April Fool's Day. And so whatever, we you know carried on. And came the time in October, October 15th, to get married. And I had scheduled, I was making the schedules here at the radio station. And I had scheduled myself to work that morning, the morning of my wedding, we were getting married at noon right next door, and I'd schedule myself to get off at 11 so that I could go walk next door and get married at noon. Well, we had a new guy, new boss come in, and he he came in. I put the schedule up on Thursday. We're getting married on Saturday. I put the schedule up on Thursday. I'm off at 11, work 6 to 11, and he came in, and on Friday, he put a new schedule up and had me working till noon. So this is the first time I'd met this guy. He had just started that day, and the new schedule was up. And I walked in, and I said, hey, uh, listen, I, I can't work till noon tomorrow. I'm getting married. And he said, move your wedding. I said, I'm sorry, it's tomorrow. I'm not going to move my wedding. What do you mean move? To another day. Pick another day. And I said, I'm not going to do that. He said, well, then be late. I said, I'm not going to be late to my own wedding. You're crazy. He said, well, then you're done here. I said, I'm What? And at the time, I was nighttime disc jockey and had huge ratings. It was big. So I walked across the hall to the owner and the general manager who were sitting in the owner's office, and I said, hey, the new guy just told me I'm done here, so I'll see you later. Bye. And I walked down the hall, and about 10 minutes later came the new guy. Hey, we need to talk. And I said, we well, got nothing to talk about. You told me I was done here. And he said, no, 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 you can, you can, you can, you can leave here at 11 tomorrow if you want to leave. So I did. We went next door and said, I do, I don't, I will, I won't. And that was 39 years ago tomorrow. And she's put up with me for 39 years. Can you imagine that? She earned her wings a long time ago, probably the first six months into the wedding, in the marriage. 39 years ago tomorrow. So, happy anniversary, honey. Did you find some funky Chardet, Don? <laughs> I told him since it's Funky Friday, and our our favorite entertainer of all time is, is Chardet. Funky Sinatra, do you have any Funky Frank in there? I mean, anything that would... Oh, you're not going to do this. You are going to do this. All right. Well, let's have it. Go at it, son. Turn it up.
Uh huh. You, th- you thought I forgot. You didn't. Wow. Uh, the 30 years that you and I worked together sure did pay off right there. Wow. Buy you another cup of coffee. Thank you. That was, uh, she gave me that record. She found that record, the 45, and gave me that record on our anniversary a few years ago. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I do have some stuff here on January 6th committee, some other news that I want to get to, and the phones are open as well. We'll get back to that coming right back here. Trey Ware, KTSA. It's Funky Friday, and it's 620 Trey Ware, KTSA. So, the January 6th committee, you know, they had their thing yesterday because uh, they, they timed it that way for any number of reasons, and primarily because they knew the new inflation numbers were coming out, and they knew they were going to be terrible, and they were. They were awful. And it shows, and, and they knew that the Saudis were going to announce the truth that Joe Biden is meddling in an election right now and ought to be impeached. And he's trying to use the Saudis, and he's threatening the, uh, the Saudis as he's trying to meddle in an election. He ought to be impeached for that, because they impeached Donald Trump for meddling in an election when he didn't, but Joe Biden actually is with the Saudis, and so he ought to be impeached. And so the Democrats, including Liz Cheney, she's a Democrat, and you know that as well as I do, they held their uh, another meeting yesterday, right? Another, and they subpoenaed Donald Trump, and we want Donald Trump to come testify. He's got to come up here under oath, says Liz Cheney. He's got to face this committee, and he's got to explain his ways. Let me tell you something about Ms. Cheney and all the others on that committee. First of all, political hit committee, that's all it is. This is a political hit job. The Democrats can't run on the open borders because there is no border anymore. And the fentanyl's coming in, killing 300 Americans every day. They can't run on the crime and inflation and everything else, the high price of gasoline and groceries. They can't run on that stuff. So they're running on two things. That's abortion and Donald Trump. He's so wicked. And if you'll just reelect us, we're going to get Donald Trump. Boy, I'll tell you that. We're going to get him for January 6th. He was trying to overthrow the government. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Let me tell you something. They no more want Donald Trump to come sit in front of them than I can flap my arms and fly to Venus. They don't. They don't want to face that man because he'll he'll <laughs> if you think he's gonna if you think they intimidate him and if you think he's afraid of telling them how it is, particularly this part, this evil little story that you're not supposed to talk about, that on January 3rd, three days before what happened at the Capitol happened, he called up Nancy Pelosi. He called up the Capitol Police. He called up Marion Bowser, who was the uh, mayor of, of D.C., and said, I've got ten to 20,000 National Guard troops I'll put there on January 6th, three days before. And they all said, nope, don't want them. Nope, don't want to. In fact, Bowser said, I am so incensed that you would say my police can't handle it. What do you mean you want to send National Guard? My police can handle anything, she said. Quite obviously they did, didn't they? So, they don't want him sitting there. This is all kabuki theater to take your attention off of rising gas prices, rising grocery prices, Fentanyl, all this other stuff is going on, rising crime, the inflation numbers that came out yesterday, and the fact that Joe Biden is threatening the Saudis. If they don't play political games for the midterms, then he's going to get after them. He's going to get them, boy, which is illegal as hell. He can't do that, and he's doing it. 
He ought to be impeached today. They won't do it because the Democrats control both houses of Congress. So, what does all this mean? Well, I'll tell you what I think is going on here. Just based on everything that we've seen, an accumulation of all the stuff that's going on, I think January 6th was pre-planned, premeditated, and a show. Not put on by Donald Trump and Republicans and oath keepers and promise keepers and brother keepers. <laughs> groups. Now, I think the Democrats planned it. And Tucker Carlson months ago laid out a case for FBI agents who were there undercover, who were like saying, let's go, follow me, bum, 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 and we're, here we go, follow me, we're going into the Capitol. And there were undercover FBI agents. And Tucker, every once in a while, goes back and he says, hey, where are these guys? So-and-so, so-and-so, can't find them, they can't produce them. But they were undercover FBI agents, according to him. I believe him, I believe Tucker. I don't think he screws up. I don't think he misses. So what I think, what I think, what it's looking like to me, let's go ahead and ready uh, number four there, Don. What it's looking like to me is all a show, a political hit job, to do exactly what they're doing right now, to smear, indict, get after Donald Trump for January 6th and for Russian collusion. And what I think is Mar-a-Lago was involved in that too because I think he had all the documents. That he had the info. He had the goods. And the reason they had to go to Mar-a-Lago is not because he had top-secret nuke stuff and Russia's got these kind of nukes and we have the... No, 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 no. They went there because he had the documents that were going to prove that January 6th was a setup from the get-go. And that the Russian collusion hoax was a setup from the get-go. Now, what makes me think all this? Well, we found out this week... That the FBI, and when I say the FBI, I'm going to be clear about this again. It's not you men and women out there that are keeping us safe. You guys are great. I'm talking about the higher up, you know, the political echelon inside the Beltway. That those folks were colluding with the Democrats to go after Donald Trump. They were colluding with uh, Hillary Clinton and the Democrats to go after Donald Trump. We found out this week, under oath testimony that they had offered Christopher Steele a million dollars, million, for that P dossier that supposedly proved Russian collusion. And it didn't. In fact, it was all fake. And they knew it when they went to the FISA court. They knew it was all fake. And they took it to the FISA court, and they lied under oath. In my view, they committed fraud in the FISA court so they could spy on Donald Trump's campaign, which is exactly what they did. They, expi- they spied on his campaign. That was all the FBI's doing working with Hillary Clinton, working with the Democratic National Committee, and offering Christopher Steele a million dollars for that P dossier. Then we find out that Deschenko, one of their informants, they were paying him two hundred grand, and had asked for another five hundred grand to pay him. We find that out under testimony yesterday, the FBI. Then we find out the FBI's got this, you know, possible guys that there on January 6th. And they're going around, they're rounding up all these folks that are pro-lifers and everything right now. So this whole thing appears to me to be a setup from the get-go. And I want to play for you some sound. Nancy Pelosi huddled and hunkered down. There she is in the basement 
I'm sure sipping on a vodka, hunkered down as the uh, riot was going on above. And it's amazing. It's all caught on video, like a documentary-type video of her hunkered down and trying to stay safe so that she doesn't get killed. And listen to what she says. Very dangerous what he's doing. He's getting all these people to show up and protest, stop the steal. He's putting all these crazy ideas in their head. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Tell him he comes here with one of the white heads. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. This is my number. I've been waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. <laughs> I hope he comes down here. I'm going to punch him out. And I'm going to go to jail, and I'm going to be happy. Pelosi was saying, I'm going to punch him out. All of that, all scripted, obviously. I think the whole thing from the get-go, from the beginning, was a political hit job and was all orchestrated by the Democrat, the left, the political swamp, the DOJ folks, you know, FBI folks, all those political folks up in D.C. They all got together. They all put all this together, and it's all because they have to maintain power and control because they are scared spitless of you. Of you. 24 days, 17 hours, 31 minutes, and 12 seconds. All right, quick break. I want to tell you about Apple Pest Control. Stan Goodson started Apple Pest Control back in 1984. Wonderful people at Apple Pest Control to take care of all of your pest services need. That's right. If it bugs you, it bugs Apple. So they do a complete job of taking care of you. In fact, there are times when other pest control services will actually call Stan at Apple Pest Control, especially for rodent removal, because he's an expert in it. He's just great at rodent removal. Getting rid of raccoons and ringtail cats and, you know, squirrels and all those guys that try to get up inside of your attic or your crawl spaces and all that. And Apple Pest Control can get rid of them. And, of course, all those creepy, crawly, and flyy bugs that you don't like having around either, including termite. And we're always in termite swarming season around here, and Apple can take care of all that for you as well. Make sure you tell them Trey Ware told you to call, and you get $25 off your initial service with Apple Pest Control at 210 695 8946. What's that? Well, you know they were. How could I be? Did I mention it's Funky Friday? I got to go back. <laughs> Play that funky music, white boy. Wild Cherry. Where were you the summer of 1976? I hope you were listening to KTSA. And you would have heard us playing that right there. Play that funky music, white boy. Well, let me tell you something. You hear me talk about it, Sean and I joke about it, but it is the truth. In woke, liberal, left-wing, Democrat America, the worst thing you can be is a white boy. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a man. You, you Satan himself, you white boy, according to them.
No, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Uh, this is going to be cut one, and we're going to go through some of this sound for you this morning. We have This is a guy who's running for mayor of Los Angeles, right? Rick Caruso is his name. He's a white boy. <laughs> well, <clears throat> but he doesn't claim to be. Well, here's the sound. Listen to this. And this question goes for the both of you. The next mayor of Los Angeles will be either an African-American woman or a white man. I'm Italian. Italian-American. Thank you. That's Latin. Thank you. Latin. <laughs> I'm not a white man. I'm Italian, and that's Latin. Thank you. I'm Italian. Italian-American. Thank you. That's Latin. Thank you. Latin. I'm not a white man. Don't call me a white man. Don't brand me as being a white man. I won't get any voters here in Los Angeles. It's just funny. And sometimes these Democratic, well, sometimes candidates as a whole, they say things, they, they speak the unspoken, that you're, the, you know, the stuff you're not supposed to say. Sometimes they'll say the stuff you're not supposed to say, right? And it gets really funny when they're in a debate and they say the stuff they're not supposed to say. You know, I talk about Big Pharma all the time and how Big Pharma controls a lot of our lives. Ooh, man, if you knew how much Big Pharma control behind the scenes and how much money they spent to control your life behind the scenes, I'm, 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 even if you're not taking any of their drugs, they run, they own Washington, D.C., man. They own Washington, D.C. We, we talk about that all the time, right? So, Democratic Representative Angie Craig is running for her third time representing Minnesota's 2nd Congressional District. She was in a debate last night, and this is how she wrapped things up. I will never stop standing up for Big Pharma and standing against my constituents. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> That's the part you're not supposed to say, Angie. But she did. I'll stand up for Big Pharma and stand against my constituents every time. And standing against my constituents. Yes, that's the way they do it. That's exactly what they do. All right. And finally, you know my love for Ron DeSantis. And Javier Salazar, what you did yesterday is laughable. Okay? It's just laughable. Again, I'll tell tell you what, what happened here in a minute. But again, Javier, you're showing yourself just to be a political hack. What a shame. I I like you. I really do. I like you. But you're a political hack in what you're doing over these uh, illegal immigrants. And that's just, that's a real shame what you're doing at the department uh, and and to the the hat. And that's a real shame what you're doing. But I still, I like you, man. You know, we we got along for a long time. But what you're doing is a real shame. So anyway, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida. A great guy, great governor, will be a fantastic president. I started to tell you a couple of years ago, he's my, that's my president. And Christy Nome is my vice president. One day she'll be my president after Ron DeSantis serves his eight. Then we get eight of, of Christy Nome in the perfect world, right? So yesterday, the Parkland shooter who murdered 17 people, including 14 high school students on Valentine's Day 2018, jury deliberated less than two days to decide what his punishment shall be. And death penalty was one of the choices. Well, there was one on the jury panel who said, I just cannot give him the death penalty. Now, he clearly deserves the death penalty. Expedient, execution, and I'm not even in favor of giving these guys a shot so they, you know, they're put down nice and slow and soft and easy. I'm not in favor for that. But whatever. He did not get, it had to be unanimous for him to get the death penalty. He didn't get it. 
And my president, the governor of Florida, sounded off on it. Cut two, Don. I think that uh, if you have a death penalty at all, uh, that that is a case where you're massacring those students with premeditation uh, and utter disregard for basic humanity, that you deserve the death penalty. And so the jurors came back. Apparently it was 11 to 1 with one holdout refusing to authorize uh, the ultimate punishment. And that means that uh, this killer is going to end up uh, getting a same sentence of people who've committed bad acts, but acts that did not rise to this level. I just don't think anything else is appropriate uh, except the capital sentence in this case. And so I was very disappointed to see that. I'm also disappointed that we're four and a half years after these killings and we're just now getting this. You know, they used to do this. He would have been executed in six months. He's guilty. Everybody knew that from the beginning. And yet it takes years and years in this legal system that is not serving the interests of victims. That's why... I cannot wait for that man to be president of these United States. What an awesome, awesome man. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. So, Funky Friday, that's Barky Bark and the Fun Bunch, and it's a good vibration. I'll say, he's getting good vibrations and getting out of California. He, he's now joining the growing list of A-list Hollywood celebrities that are getting out of California. Marky Mark saying, Mark Wahlberg saying, I moved to California many years ago to pursue acting. I've only made a couple of movies in the entire time I was there. We remember one of them, don't we? So, be able to give my kids a better life and follow and pursue their dreams. My daughter's in a square... Uh, Equestrian. My son is a uh, basketball player. My younger son is a golfer. Uh, this made a lot of sense to us. We're getting out of California. There's a bunch that have, are just getting out of California as fast as they can. In fact, Los Angeles Times citing a report from the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. Tracking data published by a moving company claimed California has an outbound move rate of 56%. And now it's up to 60%. That was 2018, 2019. Now it's up to 60%. The Times further reported the California Department of Financial uh, Statistics showing more than 352,000 residents packing up and leaving California. Uh, that That's true. They are leaving, and they're coming straight to uh, to Bernie. That's <laughs> They're coming to Bernie. Let me tell you something. Now that you're in Texas, I love you, and I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you realize how much California is, how terrible it is in California and how awesome it is in Texas. But don't California my Texas now. Don't you come here and vote for that Beto boy. <laughs> that's a bad dude he's just like corn pop he's a bad dude don't vote for him now you get to texas you got to start acting like a texan or we're gonna boot you right back out we won't let you stay <laughs> you ain't just gonna make you keep going east all right you and you're not gonna find friendly territory over in alabama or florida either so you're gonna have to go to the north and northeast all right so just you're welcome here just don't vote for Beto and don't California my Texas, all right? Love you otherwise. Levi Jeans from the 1880s bought yesterday an auction. Yeah, they found him down in a mine. From the 1880s, a 23-year-old by the name of uh, Kyle Hopper from San Diego bought him. The jeans from the 1880s cost him $87,000. What a deal. Incredible. 
I dug up some information about electronic vehicles, and as I've told you, I'm not opposed to electric vehicles. I'm opposed to the way that they're being handled right now and the fact that we're being forced into electric vehicles, okay? I think it ought to be a free market choice. You decide you want an electric vehicle? Cool, you can have an electric vehicle. But trying to force people into it, there's another California thing, right? Trying to force people into an electric vehicle is absolutely wrong. And I pointed out why they are a danger to us at this point. They're not yet ready for prime time. They're not. First of all, they don't have the infrastructure in terms of a charging station, so you've got to drive all over Hell's Half Acre to find a place to, to charge it when you make a trip. There's a service station. There's gas and diesel available on every corner in America. But uh, So that's the first thing. Uh, second thing is we just found out, right, something I've been telling you, when they get wet, they blow up. And the water's been receding in Florida, and electric vehicles have been blowing up, and the fire department can't put it out. It takes hours to put out each electric vehicle fire. Then you've got these issues. It takes 500,000 pounds of material that they take strip mine from the earth, strip mining, to make 1,000-pound battery. 500,000 pounds of material to make 1,000-pound battery. The demand for lithium and cobalt and zinc is going to go up between 400 and 4,000%. Not enough mining in the world to make enough batteries to supply the cars. Just doesn't exist. One to three hundred barrels of oil to make a single battery, and a single battery cuts the barrel of, of oil emissions. So there you go. One single battery increases the uh, the emissions rate exponentially. So there you go. It does not cut down the f- carbon footprint. That's a lie. But if you want one because it's really cool to drive a golf cart with a body on it, then drive a golf cart with a body on it. Have at it. But you just need to know the dangers of that. Okay, there's a few events coming up that I just wanted to let you know. Before we get into Warren Rhyme, I want to let you know about some of the events that are coming up if you want to be if you want to participate in them. I have some friends in the American Legion Riders Post. These are folks that ride uh, motorcycles and help out Victory for Veterans, which is tomorrow. And they're going to meet up at 9 a.m. at Havelina Harley-Davidson. It's going to be a sh- short ride, so if you, don't, if you don't have much time tomorrow, kickstands are up at 10 a.m. at Havelina Harley-Davidson. It's going to be a short ride. They should be done around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you want to help the veterans in our community, the American Legion Riders Post 208 in the Bernie area going to meet at Havelina Harley-Davidson tomorrow morning and uh, at 9 o'clock and uh, ready to roll out and do something really cool. Uh, there's another ride coming up on the 22nd for Gonzalez, and it's going to be a Liberty uh, Come and Take It rally with great speakers, including my friend uh, Stephen Williford is going to be there. I hope to make it out to that, but uh, that's on the 22nd. I'll tell you more about it when we get closer. And one of the big events every year that is a do not miss, you got to be there, it's the Damn Fine Car Show, <laughs> D-A-M. It's a cool thing. Happens this Sunday up on the Canyon Lake Dam. There's hot rods, there's motorcycles, there's classic cars, there's Jeeps, all kinds of cool cars, motorcycles, everything else. It is this coming Sunday and uh, car show and all, you know, good time. So you know where the Canyon Lake Dam is. Just take River Road and keep going north, and you'll see it right there on the left-hand side. That's where the dam is, and the big car show, the damn fine car show, happens this coming uh, Sunday up there. Hope you can make it out to that and make it out uh, tomorrow uh, to Havelina Hardy Davidson at 9 a.m. Okay? All right, quick break. When we come back, it's Ware and Rhyme of Time right here, KTSA. 